0: So I'm re-listening to "Is There a Life After Death" by Anthony Peake, and like as I'm listening to it, I'm just thinking like, um, hmm, like I'm really trying to starting to wonder like whether or not this world is really like the type of I don't want to say prison, but maybe like a trap, right? Like, the reason why I'm saying that is this. So there's this particular chapter I'm listening to. He's talking about near-death experiences. And basically, everybody that has a near-death experience more or less reports the same thing, um, especially if it's unexpected, like a a sudden car crash or a drop or something, you know, from a high um, building or whatever it is, you know. Um, But everybody says that when they... When they die, their whole life flashes before their eyes and then some entity, some unseen entity um, kind of pops up out of nowhere and then starts like asking them, like, what do they do with their life? And like what I was thinking as I was listening to this was like, OK, first of all, um, who the fuck are you <laughs> to like ask me? What I'm doing with my life. Like, 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 let's really think about that, right? Like, let's, let's just say, let's just say that all these people who have near-death experiences, and if you've had a near-death experience yourself, like, really, like, legit, think about it, okay? So, you found yourself on this planet. You had no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what the rules are. You're just trying to, like, survive, you know? And all of a sudden, like, as you're minding your own business, something fucked up happens, and you die, and then, while you are now dead or watching your life flash before your eyes, some being shows up and then starts asking you fucking questions like this a pop quiz. <laughs> What'd you do with your life? Um, you know, were you a good person? You know, like it's time for us to judge you. Like, what kind of sense does that even make? Like, first of all, how are you going to judge me? I don't even know what the rules are. Like by the, by the, by the recollections, you know, by the sound of the recollections of what I'm reading, um, it seems like a lot of people, obviously when they report their near-death experiences, like they are taken by surprise, like that they're even dying. And then like, here's an entity that's coming all of a sudden out the blue to like ask them questions. Like it's one thing if, as you go into the world, you know, you're told, Hey, you know, like, live your best life, don't be a dick. But you show up here, if you have a memory of your past life, that shit's deleted. And then you have to basically, you know, live your life the best you can based on, like, arbitrary, arbitrary rules and regulations that are imposed upon you by society. Yeah? And then, you know, as luck or unluck will have it, something happens, and then you die. And then somebody shows up and judges you. And then decides where where you're going to go if you're going to get sent by one person's account to the left and down, which I guess is to a lower um, existence, or I guess to the right and up, which would be to like a higher dimension. But like, does any of that make any type of sense to you? Like any kind of sense? Is that even like, that should, that should inflame your sense of right and wrong. I mean, that does for me. The other thing that kind of bugged me was um I'm listening to the accounts and people have said that throughout you know time whenever somebody has a near death experience, you know, if, if they're a religious person, the entities that show up and meet them and talk to them after they die tend to take on like the form of whatever like conventional idea of what Christ looks like. Right, so like maybe five hundred years ago, Christ was depicted with obviously darker skin and shorter hair and clean shaven because culturally speaking, um, that was the prevalent, um, you know, perception and view of what you know men were supposed to dress like, etc. Now, you know, most people view Christ as you know this bearded white dude with blue eyes, which then attest to the fact that people who have near-death experiences and see Christ see a different version of, of Christ, right? They see a Christ that's based on the societal construct of this Jesus persona, depending on what society they existed in. That's weird to me, Like that's weird to me, right? It's almost as though some entity is essentially taking on the persona, embodying the, the persona of Christ in order to convince you that you need to come back here. Like I've said it before, and I'll say it again, you know, you might hear, you might hear the thought that, okay, well, you're not going to die. You actually come back. And that might, that might give you some sort of sense of solace, right? Like mostly because we live, excuse me, hold on. All right. Sorry, I had to adjust something here, mostly because we live in a society where you basically been programmed to think that, you know, you just die the one time and that's it, and you, you know, you fade away to oblivion and you're, you know, maggot food, which is bullshit. Um, but that's what you are presently programmed to believe, right? By quote unquote science, although more and more um, prevailing. Um, academic thought is that consciousness c- is, cannot be found in the body and might actually uh, persist after death. Duh. Um, so there's that. So let's say like I'm talking to you right now and I'll, as I'm talking to you, I, I just die. Okay. I'm, I don't want to use you to say, okay, you, as you're listening, you die because I don't want to put that on you. But let's just say like, as right now I'm talking to you, I die. And not die in the sense of I shift, you know, my consciousness to a parallel uh, reality where I survive whatever it is that killed me, but like proper death, death, like the end, right? Okay, so as of now, everything that I know about this world and this reality is based on reading, speculation, and personal experience, yeah? Okay, so... I have no real knowledge of what the rules of the game are. Okay, so you mean to tell me that, and, and I think that as far as dealing with people are concerned, um, or I'm sorry, not as far as dealing with people, but as far as just like an average person is concerned, most people don't read the way I read. Most people don't question reality the way I question reality. Nothing wrong with them. It's just, you know, We are different people. This has just been my kind of, you know, obsession, I guess, more or less to really figure out what the true nature of this reality is. But if I were to die right now, yeah, and then some entity shows up as I'm like flying through the air and then I'm watching my whole life, you know, flash before my eyes. And then some white dude with a beard (laughs) pops up talking about, hey, uh, You know that, you know, all those people you blocked uh, (laughs) and all those people you cussed out and, you know, like all those bad things that you did. Yeah, you're going to have to come back to earth and make up for it. How do you think, y'all knowing me, how do you think I'm going to respond to that? Um, The first thing I'm going to say is, first of all, fuck you. Like, you didn't tell me... (laughs) You tell me what the rules are. What kind of game is this? What kind of game is this? Every, every game in any sense of fairness should tell you, first of all, that you know, you're in a game. If you don't know that you're in a game, then you're obviously you're going to operate differently than if you know, you know, if you know what the rules are to this game right so how are you going to judge people how are these entities that query people and then make them like review their lives and then try to make them feel guilty afterwards and then tell them you've got to come back to make up for the wrongs that you did you got to come back here and do it all again like how is that fair and here's the worst part it's not even like okay you get you have to come back and fix what you did wrong how Am I supposed to fix what I did wrong? Let's just say that okay, fine. I agree. I'll come back and I'll try not to cuss that motherfucker out <laughs> and I'll try to quote unquote be a better person. Okay. Now, how am I supposed to fucking remember this if you wipe my memory? Like, hello, doesn't that just more or less if you if you delete my memory? Right? And you just leave me with sort of vague inclinations of who I was before. And then you send me back here again. I'm just going to do the same shit I did the first time. And then I'm not even going to remember that you basically tricked me into coming here before. So, like, how many times can that loop happen over and over again, right? Before i become aware become conscious so there are tons of books out there that about people talking about near death experiences you know one of them is called life after life um i don't want to look up the title right now uh to find the author but you can find it it's on it's on audible um and then they when you look that up you'll see like other books that suggest you know similar titles or whatever um, and there have been scientific, re- scientific research done you know, about people who died and then came back. So these are facts. But I really, 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 really want you to really sit, sit back and really think about what the implications of that. Like, I know it's exciting, you know, like I was there when I first, when I first read Is There Life After Death, when I first read Labyrinth of Time, when I first read Life After Life, when I first... I've listened to great courses about death and dying. And I, you know, all of that was cool because, you know, having that sort of knowledge, you know, learning about kids who reincarnated and, you know, knowing all of this stuff about people like for sure surviving after they die, like that's clearly, you know, uh, that's clearly, uh, that clearly gives you a sense of optimism, right? You're looking forward to know that you don't just fade into nothingness. So at first, I was like, all right, that's cool. Like, that's what's up. And then I started really thinking about, like, okay, but what the fuck does that really mean, though? <laughs> like, really? Like, like I'm going to say it again. Like, let, let's, let's think about this together. I'll say it again. And then you think about this with me. Okay? We're sitting here chilling. And then something happens. Let's say an asteroid hits me dead in the skull right now as I'm having this conversation with you and everything fades to black. My whole life flashes before my eyes. High school, college, painting, all of that. And then some dude shows up looking like Jesus talking about you threw your Bible away. Um, You need to go back and make amends for all the wrong that you did. What is your... like? Think about that. What is what is going to be your, your first primary response? What should be your first primary response based on everything you know now? Like, first off, y'all niggas didn't tell me I was being <laughs> monitored or whatever. Secondly, you wipe my brain. You wipe, not my brain, but you wipe my awareness of what I did in the past. So... You're basically the one at fault here. If you want me to do things differently, then maybe you shouldn't have made me forget what I did in the past. Like, what the fuck? That reminds me, there is a Black Mirror episode that was about, that was like basically what I'm talking about. I think it was the first season. Um, and it starts off with like, and if you haven't watched it, uh, spoiler alert. But it starts off with this like young lady, she's like kind of being chased by people in masks and she has like no idea what's going on and it's just like she's just terrified, she's just horrified. And long story short, come to find out that in the future, that's basically the justice system, they punish you over and over again for a crime that you did. So she committed a horrible crime and you find that out later on. Um, and so in that world, they, in, the black, in the world of Black Mirror, their sense of justice and fair play is to punish people over and over again for, for what they did. And granted, what she did was fucked up. But is it fair to punish somebody if, if, for, for, for something that they don't even remember doing? Like, think about it. Like, if I put you, like, say, you, you, say we live in a society where you, if you commit a crime, you go to jail. Okay? But before you go to jail, your memory gets wiped. So you don't even know, one, that you're in jail. Right? So your memory of the outside world is wiped. You know, everything that you did, whatever you did that, you know, caused you to end up in jail, all of that deleted, wiped from your brain. And then you get to just you have to just go and serve let's say a ten year sentence or whatever how is that what kind of sense does that fucking make are, are you what are you what, what is what is the game here what are you trying to what are you trying to prove like that if you what, that deep down inside this person is just a shitty person, if they don't remember what they did, how can they make amends? Unless you're not really trying to get them to make amends, you're just trying to profit off of their labor. Like, I know this 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 podcast, you know, I talk about some wild things, but obviously the purpose of the podcast is to get y'all to really, think and and not just on surface level stuff but like really think deeply about what is happening in this reality and what's going to happen after you leave it and possibly what has happened several times before i guarantee you there's not that many people that are going to be talking about the stuff that i'm talking to you about so if you if you stumbled across um this podcast and you're listening to this episode right now, clearly you're listening to it for a reason. You need to be working on staying conscious when you become unconscious, when you go to sleep. And you got to really think deeply about what I'm talking to you right now and keep it in the forefront of your mind. Keep in mind that if, just look at life and the world as you have it and really ask yourself like, okay, how is this fair? Okay, so let's say, let's say, The Hindus were right. Reincarnation is real, right? And, um, you know, after you die, you have to just keep coming back here over and over again. How the fuck is that fair? How the fuck is that fair? Especially, especially when none of us, or very few of us, have any idea about what we did previously because your mem- your memory gets wiped when you get put back in here, so now I'm going to start whiling out with the theories, right um, Who put us here? right? You got to ask the question. You found yourself in a situation, you found yourself in this place or whatever. And you're basically surrounded by other human beings. And you don't ask the questions like, how, you, how did you get here? And yes, you have, you know, scientists or whatever kept talking about the Big Bang, which has now evolved into the Big Bounce and all of that other stuff. That's all fun and 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 great and everything like that. But still, you need to be asking yourself, how did I get here? What the fuck am I doing here? And the fact that very few people actually ask themselves and other people that question and that they get uncomfortable when other people ask them that question, to me, that's a red flag. That should be a red flag to you. You know, with all the evidence, and I'm about to shift to aliens, but with all the evidence that we have of alien sightings and things of that nature, People still, when you mention aliens, will still laugh like it's funny. Personally, like I said, I don't believe that aliens come from another planet. Um, I am more inclined to believe that they're either a more advanced civilization of beings or they're just like monitoring um, entities, right? They just like, like prison guards. And the only reason why I say that, and this is not meant to be a negative, you know, podcast, like it is what it is. Um, but if it's not said, right, if I, if I don't put it out there, then it's not said. It's not said and it's not publicized. It's just sitting in my brain. And if, if this has the potential to help you break free from this, you know, cage or whatever, then I'll risk sounding quote unquote crazy. Okay? So I'll, I'll just go ahead and lead with that and then follow up with this. There is a scene, there was a scene in uh, season one of Westworld that made me pause. It was when um the hosts i think were were frozen, but some of the the hosts were like were not responding to the remote control or whatever by the guests and by the park leaders or park um uh maintenance crew or whatever it was like it j it was very quick if you blink you would have missed it. But the Native Americans, they depicted the, like the maintenance crew, kind of like we depict aliens. So to them, they thought that those people in that would show up in like their hazmat suits or whatever when the game was paused and the hosts were, you know, uh, shut down temporarily so that the maintenance crew could like do cleanup and stuff like that. So they would wear like these like hazmat suits. And so some of the hosts, either through recollection or just not being able to get, or not being shut down, did recall seeing the guests dressed in these like hazmat suits. And so they depicted them in art the way we depict aliens. And that kind of made me pause. And it just happened so so quickly, and they didn't really. There wasn't much commentary on it, but clearly they put that there for a reason. And I think the reason is just to get you to maybe stop and think and apply, you know, what you're seeing to your own life. I mean, that whole show is basically set up to make you pause and apply what you're seeing on the show to your whole life. Season one um, was phenomenal. Um, I haven't watched season three yet, but I, I strongly recommend season one and so with that in mind like think about how we perceive aliens I've said that they are in my opinion they are just more you know uh, more advanced human civilization but another thought could be that we could be in some sort of The word matrix comes to mind, and I, I, I only hesitate to use the word matrix because obviously when you say matrix, everybody thinks about the movie, um, and I'm not, I'm not basing my perception of this reality construct on a movie. The movie was based on philosophy, theosophy, um, quantum physics, you know, the works of Philip K. Dick, the, the writings of the Gnostics, which was a, a religious religious sect that were uh, persecuted by the Christians, um, writings of Nietzsche, writings of uh, Kant. So they didn't create, you know, the Wachowski um, siblings didn't create the concept of this world being a false construct. So like, I just want to kind of start with that because uh, I know some people who like to mock people who, you know, question what's happening go, you know, want to say, oh my God, like, you really believe that The Matrix is real? And then they, but they think, you know, about the movie. Um, so I kind of want to start with that. In the original script, it's been said that they. The Wachowski siblings had it so that the AI actually were utilizing the, the network of human brains, um, not as batteries, because clearly you have a whole sun, um, obviously, for, for energy um, and, other, and wind power. I mean, there, there's other ways. A human body is not an efficient battery. Basically, but it was more, um, they needed a neural network, and that was the original um, idea behind the matrix was that the AI were utilizing our brains as a sort of farm, a a neural network kind of farm. And they didn't think that most people would understand that, so they just dumbed it down to were batteries. Now, of course, in hindsight, I think they probably maybe wish that they would have left it as is because it makes more sense. Um especially to modern day people who now use computers on a daily basis. But hindsight is 2020, so you know, everything happens for a reason. Um now think about it like that. If, if this is some sort of closed system where after you die, you get confronted by beings who, I'm sorry, but by all accounts, it seems as though their main purpose is to just kind of guilt you into coming back here again. Then you got to ask yourself, okay, but why though? Right, and then that's when you start asking, like, maybe this is a false construct, maybe there is something that benefits from us being here, maybe that's why we are programmed towards you know, one thinking that this is all there is, you just get the one incarnation, so that when you get a chance, if you're confronted by these things and they say, Okay, well we'll send you back, back down there. It almost seems like it's a good thing, right? When you really don't, you've probably come back here over and over and over and over again. And like I said, if you have no memory of what you did in the past that got you sent back here, then clearly you're in a trap. And it's not really about you fixing anything. It's just a lie to get you to come back. And if you didn't remember your first incarnation or your second incarnation or your hundredth reincarnation, then clearly that's just the whole purpose of the cycle. You're, you're being cycled through repeatedly. And the Hindus say, um, once you become conscious, then you can break the cycle and move on. Um, that's great. But the other question you have to ask yourself is, okay, well, how do you define consciousness? Is it just being able to be more lucid and being able to take control of reality? Okay, great. Um, And then how do you do that? Well, they have said that you do that by detaching from reality, just trying to detach from reality. It wasn't just the Hindus that said that. Um, that same idea has been proposed throughout, you know, time. Gurdjieff said in um, his writings that the first, the first step to realizing, you know, or to getting out of this world is to recognize that you are in a prison. And the only way to escape a prison is by being taught by a person who had, you know, learned to escape in the first place. And that, to me, I always thought was interesting, except for the fact that, um, if he was, you know, implying that he would be the person to teach you how to escape the prison, my question is, well, then how are you even here? Or why are you here? Why are you back here if you gotten out of the prison in the first place? Um... Now, to attra- to attest to that, the Hindus, it's said, uh, Hindus and the Buddh- uh, Buddhists have said, well, there are some people who, once they break the cycle, choose to come back here. But if attachment is what causes you to come back here, or one of the reasons why you end up coming back here is because you are attached to this reality, then you and detachment is what kind of gets you out of this reality then you haven't really learned to be detached if you choose to come back to help people. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with coming back to help people. I just feel like that's just slavery with extra steps. (laughs) It's just you being, you're just being trapped here and instead of basically, you know, the first trick, which is you did something wrong. Now you got to come back here. Well, you become conscious and that shit doesn't work. So now whatever it is, it keeps sending people down here and just flips the game on you and just says, um, well, okay, fine. You can leave, but don't you want to go back and help people? And then you get sucked back here again. And now you're stuck in the same cycle, Right. Like, it just seems like a motherfucking setup. <laughs> like, the whole thing seems like a motherfucking setup. I feel like this. Like, legit, if you if you are in a prison, if this world is a prison, okay, and you know how to, to break out of here, to get us out of here, don't keep coming back, right? Like, don't be a part of the problem. Like part of the problem is whatever it is it's keeping us here these beings or whatever that keep tricking people into reincarnating. When if they manage to trick you into reincarnating under the guise of well you can go back and free people um and you choose to participate in their scheme, then you're basically an active participant. Like you, you really got to think about it. If these entities, let's say, let's say I'm right, okay? And I understand it sounds crazy, but that's, that's perfectly okay with me. I kind of have moved past that. But let's just say I am right, okay? And this world is some sort of like farm, you know, like a consciousness farm. It feeds off of our energy somehow, our creative energy somehow, and I'm gonna play with that idea, you know, through time over the next few, you know, weeks and stuff to really think about what that means. Um, but let's just say that that's right. Okay, you don't have to come back here to free people. Write a book. Right? Like If I was in a real jail, if I were in a real, real jail and I broke out, I'm not going to try to break back into the prison. I'm not going to try to commit a crime just to come back here. Like I'll maybe if I want to help somebody write, write a map, like draw a map up and then, you know, write something up on the, on the wall, scratch something up on the wall and then hide the map somewhere and say, Hey, you want to get out of here? These are the coordinates. This is how I got out. So basically what I'm trying to say is like all of those, even the gurus, like I've read about how a lot of these uh, Indian gurus, they become enlightened and, but they, they they still say, I'm going to come back here so I can, you know, rescue people. And nobody ever checks them on it and and says, nah, like get the fuck out of here. Like, don't come back. You've already broken out. Leave something here. Leave something in the in the construct and we will teach other people. Coming back is a trap. You just said this world is a trap. And then you're talking about well, I'm gonna come back and voluntarily like trap myself. But why though? Like why? I don't know. I just really don't like taking things at face value. And and I don't think that we should. I think that if there is life after death, which a lot of what I've read says that there is, okay, great. But I, I had a friend kind of say this to me. Sorry, I'm like painting while I'm... On recording this, is a bit of a background noise. I just wanted to record this before it slipped my mind. But I had a friend tell me, um, you know, I just feel like there's got to be more to life than paying bills and, you know, pay bills and paying bills till I die. And that mentality is not rare. Like a lot of people feel like, okay, like this seems very cyclical. You know, like it's the same kind of loop over and over again, just in life. You get up, brush your teeth, have breakfast, go to work, come home, you know, watch TV, eat dinner, go to sleep, repeat. And even more so since um, this whole coronavirus thing, right? So you, here you are, this brilliant, majestic entity that's, you know, conscious or at least aspiring to be. Um, certainly able to manipulate reality in ways that all the other creatures in this construct cannot. And yet you are more or less doomed to repeating the same day over and over again until you die. And you call that a life. And yes, you could be like Sisyphus and just sort of find solace in that and the repetition. Um... You know, that's one approach, and that's perfectly okay. That's what I do. Um, My days are pretty repetitive, like most of us are. But instead of fighting it, I just sort of embrace it um, and uh, maintain my predictability because otherwise, that's basically a way to make yourself insane. So if you are destined to do the whole the same thing over and over again, why, why fight it? Just choose what you're going to do over and over again and then train yourself to take solace in that, to find peace in that until it's time for you to, to move on. And that's my approach. But that said, if all of these things that I've, that I've read are right, if all the things that you, all the stories you've heard of people you know and their near death experiences are true if every account of reincarnation is factual and by all accounts they are whether or not it's a mainstream belief or not it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if most people don't believe it that doesn't matter the truth is a truth whether or not People believe it. It just, it is what it is. So let's just say that all of those things that I stated are factual. And that when you die, some entity is going to fucking pop up and take the face of your loved one, take the face of your religious God, take the face of something, and then more or less try to trick your ass into coming back here. How are you going to prepare for that? I mean, we're talking about eternity. And, 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 by all accounts, it doesn't seem like that these entities do take on the form of loved ones in order to convince you to go back. I mean, it seems like their power stems from your consent, right? But because your whole life, your whole life, you've been programmed to you know, obey authority, do what you're told. And on top of that, to fear death, to fear annihilation, to fear any sort of existence outside of this reality, that's a programming, which to me, if you think about what do we know that programs, right, that runs off programs, Well that's clearly an AI. So my thing is that, This is a simulation. It's a computer program. And perhaps these these perhaps these entities that you encounter at the time of your death are just a sort of you know AI construct that just takes the established beliefs of whatever parallel universe that you are existing in and then existing in rather and projects that to you at the time of your uh, at the end of your life cycle. And then it just tries to more or less convince you to go back. I, I've talked about this before, um, and I think I mentioned the the show Full Metal Alchemist and the episode that my uh, cousin had shared with me, where this uh, the main the main character just kept cycling over and over again, and eventually I guess he did something different, and he suddenly realized that this whole time he had another option he just thought that it was just the one door that you know basically was the door that had him that made him reincarnate and he thought it was just the one door but then as we as he started kind of looping over and over again and became more conscious he started to realize like oh wait that there's there's another door I have another choice and the moment he realized I have another choice then the other door became visible. And then he says in the, in the episode, I never even saw the other door. You know? That's, this is the nature of this podcast <laughs> to, to the new listeners. Um, so if a lot of the stuff we're talking about kind of makes you go, wait, what? Like, is she really talking about You know, this world being a construct of AI or what we think of AIs be like they're actually, they might, AI might actually be some sort of, no, I'm sorry, not AI. Aliens might actually be some sort of like AI maintenance crew that basically keeps human souls recycled through this construct in a life loop over and over again. And I know you're thinking like, "Wait, what?" But if I'm not if I'm not going to talk about it, if I don't talk about it, very few people are even thinking about this. So if I don't at least put the idea out there, then it never gets discussed. And my thought is if if I'm right. On the chance that I'm right. And everything else seems to be in support of what I'm saying. It's just very few people have actually come to this conclusion. But you have one physicist who upon examining string theory says that he has found computer code writ into the fabric of our cosmos he chooses even after seeing computer code he chooses to not believe that we are in a simulation but that's just i mean that's his choice and um, that's a human being you know choosing to ignore every even the whole evidence that you've come up with, like choosing to ignore that because it makes you feel uncomfortable. I don't think that that's a scientific approach. But I understand that people reject the truth every day, especially even if it's like right in their face. It makes people uncomfortable, so they reject it. But to me, if you find code on something and it's computer code, and then like, you see that, for example, there are these, I believe they're called like 20 constructs, or not construct, there are these 20 constants, like the speed of light and um, all of that, that just keeps kind of occurring uh, in mathematical equations. And if they were just slightly different, there there wouldn't be life on earth. And so much so that you have a physicist, Mac, another physicist, Um, Max Tegmark, whose um, theory of everything is that uh, our whole entire universe is mathematics. And yet he also doesn't believe that we are in a simulation, which once again, like if it acts like a duck and it sounds like a duck, Occam's razor states, it's a fucking duck. Okay. Okay. So if you have a world that has code written into its fabric, right, and you have these constants that if they were just slightly different or off by one point would mean that life in this reality would not have come to, into being. So you have all of these points that are basically pointing to we are in a construct, we are in a simulation then it's a fucking simulation. Whether or not your brain won't allow you to take that final leap uh, doesn't negate your observations and your you know, mathematical equations that kind of support the obvious, period. So let's start with that. Point two. On a separate sense, you have the foundings of a doctor. I don't remember his name. The book is called Life After Life. Google it. Anyway, he interviewed a bunch of children and was able to prove conclusively that some children do remember their past lives. So that's another fact. All of these, I guess, points kind of point to to me. Okay, if you're in a simulation um, and it's a construct and when people die, they claim to have a near-death experience and they're all saying the same thing. They meet with entities who basically try to convince them to come back here. And these entities have the ability to take on any form to change their shape, to change their form, like to become whatever avatar suits its purpose in order to make you come back to this reality, then put everything together and figure it out. That's the simplest solution. Something wants us to keep coming back to this reality. And it uses guilt and it uses fear and it uses manipulation and it uses even programming while you're still alive in this world to program you to believe in certain things, to trust in certain images, right? So that when you do die and these entities show up, you go, oh, Jesus... (laughs) Jesus gave me a second chance. I'm going to come back. It's a trap. I know I've been been stuck on this for a while. Um, But I think I'm stuck on it for a reason. So clearly, whoever it is that's listening to this, that needs this, it needed to hear this. It needs to hear this. There you go. My 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 assumption is that it's pretty much everybody, including myself. I think, like I said, for me, what what caused me to just hit that record button was me like thinking, wait a minute, why are all these things like at the t- point of death trying to get you to come back here? And if all of reality is stored in your brain, then you've already lived it. So then what's the purpose of you reliving it? Unless it's some sort of trap. I could be wrong. Obviously. It could it it doesn't have to amount to being a trap. It could just be maybe a super cool futuristic game and you know you just when it shows up, you have the option to keep playing, I guess. But by all the accounts of all the near-death experiences that I read, it doesn't lead me to believe that people are given other options except for maybe they're told, well, you can either go back or you can go to hell. Like very few people are given the option to move past this reality into another one.
1: Whatever that would be.
0: Maybe another construct, who knows? Um, But yeah, so think about that. I'll be thinking about that. And um, if more things kind of pop up into my mainframe, come and check out the podcast because I'll record it and talk about it. All right, stay safe.